Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to 2023. I'll be your host, Glenn James. But guess what, guys? It could be time. It could be time that you have the conversation with your boss, with your employer about getting more money. Now, today we're going to talk about how to get a pay rise. We're going to discuss the approach, the execution, the preparation, all the good things. But also, we're going to talk about you and some real-life case studies from the My Millennial Money community. We're going to keep them anonymous. And today, I'm joined by Shell Johnson, co-author of the book, Sort Your Career Out and Make More Money. Shell, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Now, are you ready to get in and get dirty on all this career stuff? Uh, Yeah, let's get dirty. (laughs) All right, love it. Well, my name's Glenn James. That's Shell Johnson, and you're listening to My Millennial Money. What we might do is we've got a heap of case studies that uh, people have sent in anonymously via our Instagram and in the Facebook group. We're going to talk about them and maybe see if there's some unique things that we can uh, look at. But before we get to that, I want to talk about just some bread and butter 101, how to ask for a pay rise, how to position it. We'll just go from there. We might bring up some case studies before, but I think we'll try and keep the case studies till after the break just so we can get this theoretical stuff on the table first. Sounds good. I will also say it's probably more an episode for those that are an employee, uh, but I will say but. There's always a but. In my case, sometimes a big but. <laughs> Actually, it's funny, Shell. Like, I always listen to the My Millennial Career podcast that you host. I listen to that because I employ people. And if employees, if there's content for employees, as business owners and as leaders, you need to be listening to that stuff. Yeah, because you reverse engineer all, all of it. I do, yeah. And then I reverse engineer your uh, podcast review, uh, performance <laughs> review for being a host of the career <laughs> the career show. So, okay, bread and butter, how do you ask for a pay rise? Do you want to say any motherhood statements before you kind of get into a bit of a process? I love a good motherhood statement, and mm-hmm. so I will. A few things I want to t- talk about. It's been a while since we've done pay rise conversations, so I want to set this up well. If you think about where you want to be at the end of the year, let's say you're currently earning 90K and you want to hit 100K by the end of this year, have that goal in mind. What I want you to remember though is pay is a long game. So it's not usually kind of tick and flick exercise where we get it done, we tick it off our task list. So think about it in how do you set up the conversation and it could take you six to nine months to actually get there. But the, the way that you approach this will be the determining factor as to whether you get the pay rise or not. Actually, just on that, I just want to add, and this is just from my own experience of being, you know, young and vibrant and healthy in my 20s and, you know, (laughs) building my career. Of course, there is a natural progression. And we even in the, and we're not going to talk about it now, but in the career book, I remember doing a diagram, you know, 
at the start of your career, there might not be much movement because there will need to be a base amount of you learning your subject matter, you being more confident in your career. So I probably just want to add to that. It's a long game, but also step back and have a look at your income from a career perspective, not just a I want another 20 grand in 10 minutes perspective. So we're building careers. That's right. I think when I see pay rise conversations go wrong, Glenn, is when someone comes in and they're really keen to get the outcome then and there. That's often not the way businesses work. So if you think about what's your biggest cost as a business owner, it's wages. My wage. Your wage. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Your team's wage, your employee's wage is often 60% of your overall expenditure as a business, which means that you often need to get approval. You need to think these things through. So when you're doing this pay rise conversation, put yourself in the mind of the employer. Think about your boss and understand that asking for a pay rise may require some time from them to look at the financials, to consider the budget and then make the call. Would you also say, because I'm just thinking the bigger an organisation is, the slower it can move and even trying to get sponsors for My Millennial Money, the podcast and all that, man, there's companies that I've been talking to for over a year because there's annual budgets, there's this big rudder that's moving this big ship and all this stuff's happening. It's a slow game. And I was actually just thinking, I wasn't going to mention names, but in the Facebook group, I think it was Caitlin Moore. She talked about she was a nurse and then there was some chatter in there about government salaries. I personally believe if you're in a government role and you've got bands that are set, it's less about I want to pay rise. It is more about how do I work on my career as a whole. Yeah, it might be more about how do I get a promotion? Mm. How do I become more specialised? Because the more specialised you become in those fields where you don't have much salary increase over time, but you can move into a more specialised zone as a nurse and then effectively get more money. Yeah, and so the bigger the organisation, the slower it could be to move the more middle management might not actually have control of your salary. Exactly. Can I jump in there? Because you've made me think about this idea. Right now, if you are thinking, well, I'm actually happy with my pay at the moment, think about yourself in nine months. You may want a pay rise in nine months. So you can start sowing the seeds for that now. Mm. You can start your – it's like a long runway. And talking with a guest on My Millennial Career and they had a role at Microsoft and a couple of large corporates and they were talking about their – preference for pay rise conversations as a leader. And he said on the show, and I thought it was such good advice, his goal with his employees was that they didn't actually have to have a pay rise conversation because in their regular performance reviews, so they would have quarterly performance reviews, they would come to him and say, hey, look, I would love to reach this income level within the next year. I wanted to raise that with you as one of my career goals. How do you think I can get there? And so they were laying the groundwork to eventually get that pay that they were after. Yeah. And as an employer of a small team, and this is for those who are employed by a small business, you know, I said to my team when we were up in the States last year, we're in Nashville. And I said to them all like, give me five bullet points of what you want out of your career, because I need you to be as clear as possible what you want. And then I can tell you if I can provide that for you longer term. Now, it might not be overnight, but exactly right. It is a long game and I want you to more think about your career. And finally, you mentioned the P word, the PR, performance review. Not all performance reviews will result in a pay rise. And you've got to know that because at the end of the day, it's this two-edged sword, right? On one side of the sword is 
we're a business, we pay for labor, we want a job executed. Don't care about your feelings. But the other side of the coin is all that soft stuff and it's like vision, mission, values, and do I like being here? And we know some businesses can be too much on one side, like you might be in the not-for-profit. It's like, oh, we've got all this wholesome stuff that's happening, but there's no money here, so I can't hang around. I'm really sorry. But then the other side of the coin is it's corporate, that's your job, bum on seat, nine to five. So I think a lot of this, as we are talking about pay as an over, I'm doing these rainbow <laughs> things as an overarching thing, you actually need to look at, are you in the right place to even settle down for the long term? Because if there are nine to five bums on seats, just give us an outcome, they actually might not care too much about their employees. Yeah, they might not care about developing you in your career. Yeah. That's kind of some motherhood out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like let's get into the practicals though because there's so much you can do to set this conversation up for a win. And you and I talked before this podcast about how you do your research because this is the key. So first step, step number one, do your research. I want you to get as much data about what roles are paid externally because that's going to give you that sense of, well, what's being paid in the market and where am I in relation to that? Because you might find, and this is a really funny thing, Glenn, sometimes people find that they do the research of what they're paid externally and they realize they're actually paid quite well. Yeah. And, and that kind of goes down to doing your research, make sure you're not embarrassing yourself by going in and demanding a pay rise and like, well, you're on 30 grand more than the average bear. So it is that, be careful what you wish for. Yeah, so getting the data beforehand can be that thing that sets you up to have a really good conversation. Now, just because, let's say you are that person is, that is paid at the higher end of the market, that doesn't mean you don't ask for a pay rise. It just means that you're informed about maybe how much you ask for. So if you're already paid 30K above what everyone else is paid, well, you might not go and ask for another 30K because that might come across really a bit entitled to your employer. Hmm. Instead, you may just pitch differently based on what you find. Now let's flip it and talk about if you do your research. So look on Glassdoor, look on Seek, look on Hayes. Uh, they have really good data you can download. Find those average salaries. And then if you find that you're actually paid well below that, so let's say you're paid 90K and in the market, you find out that that role is paid 130 on average. What you might do then is in your pitch, and we're going to get to how you structure your, your proposal for a pay rise in a sec, but you might give your employer a bit of a sense of the range. So you might say, well, I have done a little bit of research and what I found when I looked externally is that a marketing specialist is paid between 100 and 130K in the market. So that data point then helps you work out, well, what do you want to pitch at? Do you want to ask for a 20K pay rise? Yeah, I just want to say a couple of things in there. Um, that's a lot of money, 100 grand a year. And there are people that aren't on that salary. But I just want to reiterate that when we did our census at the end of last year, the median income for a listener of the My Millennial Money podcast is 100K. So if you're not there yet, we'll get you there in your career. But just I want just to flag that that's a very good income and not everyone is there yet. Totally. And then I also want to flag on that research piece, you know, you're going to talk about probably you've done your research and you're going to start the positioning. In your conversation with your employer about saying, hey, can I catch up or whatever the timeline is and I'll let you speak to that, depending on the relationship, it might be more appropriate to ask, hey, I know we're having a salary review next week because it's been planned. Would it be helpful if I brought my own research to this meeting? 
I love that. I think that's a really good way to position it. What you're doing there is you're actually setting the conversation up for success by asking them what they would like because some employers, if you brought that data to them, they might see that as quite, they might read that as a bit obnoxious. Yeah. Whereas others, and I know, I'd love to hear your story on this, but others would find that really helpful. And like, oh yeah, cool, you've done your own research. It's good to know what you expect. Yeah, so I think in the course of last year, uh, JP and I had a discussion because, you know, her responsibilities had grown and, you know, growing business and it was so funny. And this is probably just a, a quick little sidebar. If you're in a startup, you just have to really play the long game more so maybe because I've told my team my absolute priority is to be around each year so we can be around for the long term and I just need to be ultra cautious about spending all the money and the cash flow in the early days as much as I want to pay everyone 550 grand a year and all that stuff like we've got to manage this cash flow well so just as a startup vibe so we had a review and she shared a Google document with some research from various um, other roles. There were small business ones. uh, They were big four corporate ones, like just a variety. And to me, I found it helpful because one, I'm lazy and I didn't want to do the research, but I could definitely see if an employer was who might've been a bit sensitive to that, that could feel a bit entitled and shakedown vibes. But it was just an example of uh, JP, and we're sharing this with permission from JP, knew the relationship and understood the lay of the land. Exactly. And your dynamic and culture within the business is very open and transparent about money. So understand the culture that you're operating in and use that as your gauge of how you would approach this. It may be that your research is only just to help you feel confident in your pitch. Sure. So that might be the only, like you do the research and that just helps you feel like, well, cool, I'm going to ask for a 10K pay rise. Because you can always go back without this research and when they give you an offer like, yeah, we'll consider increasing your pay. By the way, this is on the basis that the hygiene factor is you're not slack, you're a hard worker, you're actually good at your job. You you know, don't you, and I remember in the bookshelf, I said, be careful because if you're not self-aware enough and you go for a review, they could say, oh, we're glad you brought this up you're slack at your job, you're useless. Like make sure you <laughs> know that you're actually a quality employee, number one. Yeah. Um, I don't know where I was going with that. Well, but- I think the point of that is don't ask for a pay rise if you've just had a um, bad performance review. Yeah. If you've had any feedback that's been about your performance that hasn't been positive, pick your timing. Timing is everything mm. in these conversations. So we've done some – oh, that's what I was going to say. Maybe if you have the review – and then they go, yeah, we'll think about it. And then they give you some type of offer. You go, oh, thanks. Let me have a look at that. Um, then you can just use your data versus what they've given you and, and take it from there. But I'm sure we'll get into this in the practicals. So we've done some research. What do we do now? Okay, so the next thing, and this is this is something that you love, mm. we schedule the conversation. So we don't want to ambush our boss. We do not want them to be blindsided. So I'm not going to approach my boss and send them an email and say, hey, can we have a paid discussion? This is how I would do it. If you're my boss, Glenn, let's say we have regular one-on-one chat. I would use that to go, hey, Glenn, I'd love to talk to you about having a salary or pay review. Can we schedule that in for our next chat next month? Then I'm actually almost starting the conversation twice. So I've got the lead in, which is really ripping the bandaid off. That's the, the, the initial conversation is the scariest one. 
I'm prepping you that it's coming and then you're ready to go in a month's time and we have that conversation then. So that way I'm actually doing it in person. I'm making it a conversation. It's not email. It's not text. It's a proper sit down and then we kick the can down the road a month, which gives me the time to prep and do all my background stuff in the meantime. And it's important to know that if you are meeting with middle management, they might not be in a position to do it right then because they might know that the pay reviews are in six months. So if they say, look, no, we can't, I think just understand that no now isn't no forever. That's right. So we've scheduled the conversation. What do we do on the the day of the Zoom call or on the day of the face-to-face? Actually, Mm -hmm. in that gap between I've talked to you, I've said, can I talk to you about my pay in the next catch-up? I'm going to prep my proposal. Mm. And this is really my business case for why you should give me a pay rise. I can imagine Michael Scott wheeling in a whiteboard talking <laughs> to like head office. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, well, we don't want it to be the Michael Scott moment, but we want to feel confident about how that conversation is going to go. So the way I do that proposal or pitch is it's got three parts to it. And it's like a one pager, very simple. It starts with the background. So The background is one paragraph which gives some context. This might be how your role's expanded over the last 12 months because often what happens over time is our role expands but we don't get paid more for it. So we want to capture any of that background context. That's the first paragraph. Second paragraph and the most important part is business value. Mm. What value have you delivered for the business? What are the outcomes? What are the achievements? How have you automated things to save the business money? How have you generated sales or retained customers that has kept income going? I want you to get really specific about the value you've generated. And if you're in a a role that you're thinking, oh, well, I kind of don't really know how to measure this stuff or I'm not in a sales role. Like if you're in a, a place and you're at the front desk, for example, concierge, reception, whatever you want to call it, can you think of ways to implement a system that's a little bit more unofficial or like, hey, I, I really want to know like our customers that are coming in, how is their experience walking into reception today? And maybe getting creative about how to add value in your world. That's such a good point, Glenn. What we want to do is get tangible data. So if you're that receptionist, at the end of everyone's visit, you get a feedback survey from them that takes some two seconds to complete. That gives you data. If they have a good experience interacting with you as the reception, you've then got a data point to take to your manager. Or another example might be you're an accountant, so you're not in an income generating role necessarily. So let's say you automate a spreadsheet and you make it way more efficient and user-friendly for managers within the business, which saves those managers 20% of their week because they're no longer having to do that. You then calculate based on the average salary, how much time and have you saved the business that year? And if you've got, you know, 30 employees who are no longer doing that, well, that might save the business 120K. Mm. So calculate that. And that's what I did in HR. I calculated, well, what's the cost of turnover? How much have I reduced turnover of staff? Therefore, how much money have I saved the business in recruitment costs? And then I put that in my pay rise proposal because that shows, hey, I've saved you 200K here. I'm asking for a five grand pay rise. It's a no brainer. Yeah. I think as well, like the more I'm just thinking about this in different scenarios, I totally understand that it is harder when you are in roles that are governed by awards, uh, particularly it might be HOSPO or award-based roles. 
that's why it is a broader discussion about well, what do you want to do with your career? And we'll do another episode, Shell, about uh, my advanced income quadrant that I talk about in the book and play to it. Like I like humor, right? I was thinking if I was doing like a performance review as a nurse, I'm like, well, to be honest, no one died on my watch in the last three months. So there's that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you'd be a great nurse. Oh, yeah, my um, bedside manner is fantastic. <laughs> But you're absolutely right. We want to have those data points. Whatever role you're in, I believe you can absolutely get it. You do not need to be in sales to be able to quantify the value you've generated. So get this. In my team, like with Nate, with Nate and... <laughs> Nate and Rach. Rach with uh, Rach and Nathan, who produce and edit the podcast, you know, Rach has done a wonderful thing. And this... if. People are hearing this now. She's approved and she's okay with it going live because we're a team and we communicate about <laughs> awkward things. Uh, so if they let us use this example, one of the things for our KPIs and whatnot in the production team are episodes that are going up with like glitch checking things or mistakes that um, that Rach may pick up or um, how many weeks in advance that she's scheduled. So we've found data points well, Rach has in every part of her corner of the world and we can measure it. Yeah, and once you've got those KPIs, the thing that's really important with, with KPIs is if you're just meeting them, well, I don't know that you should necessarily get a pay rise. Well, that's my point earlier. It's like we pay you to get a job done. You've done the job. Thank you. So if you're just consistently meeting them, great, awesome. You're getting paid for that. What we want to be able to show is in that example with Rach, let's say the KPI was that episodes are scheduled four weeks in advance and she was getting it done eight weeks in advance. Well, hello, she's smashing it out. Obviously, that's a good indicator that she's doing way beyond the expectation and therefore deserves probably a pay rise. We'll see. We'll see. And uh, also, I use the D word, deserves, oh. and I that's a red flag for me. So, well, remind me to talk about why that's a bad word to use in pay conversations. Sure. But do you want to leave that in the, in the I body? I do, okay. yep, because that'll All be right. a reminder for people. I use the term I don't like. Can I finish one more thing on the pitch? Yes. Okay, so step one, background. That's your context about how your role's expanded. Step two, you talk about the business value. And the last thing is your pitch. And that's where you tell them what you want as a percentage. So I want to see my pay increase by 5% or 10%. I prefer seeing it as a percentage than as a dollar figure. I was actually kind of, I made a mental note, right, to actually talk about this because you might think, oh, I 100% D word. Deserve. <laughs> a 15 grand pay rise. I was like, well, if inflation's 7%, you're asking for a 15% increase if you're on 100 grand, for example. So I think it's important to maybe look at a target or if you go to your employer and it's like, hey, you know, thank you for having all these chats. And this is on the proviso that there is an appetite to review your salary it, it's not a like, oh, I'd hope to get 5% now or 10 grand now. It could be, hey, do you think there's scope that over the next 12 months we could ratchet up to this? I don't know. What do you reckon? Yeah, I think it's really such a good point to think about. Analyze the amount you want because often we think about pay rises in lots of 10K or mm. 5K. So we'll go, well, if I can go from 75K to 80K, if I can go to 90 to 100 and we think about it in brackets, Thinking about it in a percentage is way better because as an employer, they're often allocating their annual wage budget. They'll set aside a percentage for increases. So they'll go, well, let's set aside 5% of our total wage budget for 
pay increases this year. And so they might have 400K sitting there for everyone Mm. in the business. So I want you to think about it in that way, which can be another guiding point for you about how you actually pitch your salary and how if you're on 80K right now and you want to get 7% to come out even with inflation, well, that's 5,600. So it gives you those indicators of how do I frame up what I'm asking for. So the three steps, do your research so you know, schedule a conversation, whether it is a regular monthly catch up or if you're in a business where there's not really regular, I think it's, hey, in the coming months, could we please have a discussion about my performance and my role, yep. including salary? Um, and if they go, yeah, sure. I think it's then important to say, if they go, yes, in the coming months, write back or say to them back, okay, what date's good and let's put it in the diary. Yeah, that's it. And you book it in yep. as the employee. Absolutely. Yep, I would do that as well. Uh, and then just have some background, even if it's a one pager, what you've achieved, how you've delivered added more value. added value. Um, and then, you know, if the answer's no, what do you do? You are very gracious in your response. No worries. Is it possible for us to consider having a review in six months? Yeah. So you have that up your sleeve. And ask them, is there anything I could be doing more? Exactly. Yep. What would you need to see from me for me to reach that pay target that I have? Because it's important to know that, you know, if you're in a business, so I'm just thinking like if you're in a, an award-based role and it could be, I'm just thinking we just had lunch at a cafe, cafes might pay an award. You know, if you're one of 20 staff and you're like, I want to pay a rise because I'm really good at, you know, delivering coffee and, you know, all that, which I'm sure you are, but at the end of the day, the business is like, well, no, we'll just get another casual. Like, I think you really need to ascertain if there is appetite as well to actually pay you more. That's what I'm kind of thinking. Exactly. The, the interesting thing as well is you need to think about supply and demand within yeah. your area. So hospitality, for example, is really struggling to find people right now. So it's very difficult to find great baristas, great cafe staff, great chefs, because there's such a high demand for those people. Therefore, you have actually have, at the time of this recording, now things might change, you have more sway with getting more money when there's a high demand. Yeah. So keep that in mind. Like you might be in a, an award-based role, but that doesn't mean you can't get a pay rise. That's right. It's being conscious of if you're in a role where there is high demand, then then have the conversation. Yeah, because in my business, well, all my businesses when I've employed people, I always pay above the award because I'm not paying people the minimum. And that's just a, a view that I've taken. The awards are set to protect workers and I'm, I want to operate above bare minimums in my life and in my team. So Absolutely. Yeah, well, that's a good point about supply and demand. If they say yes, I don't think it's a smash and grab. I still think you can be like, awesome, really appreciate that. Write them an email the next day, write them a card, show gratitude. Then I reckon it would still be cool to go, okay, sweet. What about in six weeks, we swing back around and just have another chat just to make sure you're happy as an employer. That's such a good point. I've never thought about that. But I'm thinking now as you're saying that about buyer's remorse. Oh. So like <laughs> if you if you give someone a, let's say you give someone a 10 grand pay rise, which is a lot of money. Mm. And employers, this happens for employers. They give them a pay rise and then all of a sudden they expect to see a little lift in performance, but they don't see any of that. Mm. And then they think, oh, have I just made a terrible call giving this person an extra 10K and they're not delivering the value. Mm. 
So I love that idea, Glenn, of really taking it that next step further and going. It sounds fraught, though. It does sound fraught, but I, I mean, to be able to say. How do you spell that? F R A U G H T. So I think the thing we want to do, though, is make sure hey, I'd love to keep this conversation going about how I can continue to add value to the business. Mm. And the gratitude piece that you mentioned is so big. I have seen employees do this really badly, Glenn, where you give them a big pay rise and they literally don't say thank you. Mm. And I think, hey, like- we That's the D word. Deserve. Mm. Yeah, it's entitlement. And entitlement really irks employers. It's, it's a really big challenge for us to overcome as well because often- we can go into these pay rise conversations feeling like maybe we've been underpaid and there may be a bit of that, but we have to check that at the door and focus on, well, what does this employer want from me? They want me to drive business value. Okay. Before the break, what don't you do in a pay conversation? But can I also level that up and say when it might not be okay to even ask the question? Yeah. So the first thing we mentioned this already, but don't ask for a pay rise if you've recently been going through performance conversations. So if you're uh, needing to develop and grow and improve your performance, if your employer's made that clear, don't ask for a pay rise. They're probably trying to manage you out, not keep you <laughs> and pay you more. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. So, so that's not the time to ask for a pay rise. The next one is if your organisation is going through restructure or redundancies, mm. like read the room. Yeah. If people are being made redundant, it is not the time to ask for a pay rise. It can come across really entitled. What if the business has just moved to a four-day work week and just given everyone an extra day off and haven't decreased there? Not the time. Okay. Because they've essentially got, <laughs> what, a 20% pay rise? <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave that in there. Yeah, leave that in there. Hint, hint. The other thing of the no-go zones, do not do this when you're talking about pay, is don't ambush. We talked about that already. And this is the last one, Glenn, but this is a funny one that I've seen a couple of times over my time in HR. Don't make it about your personal financial situation. Like, please do not do this. That might be something in your mind that you're conscious of. But if, I, if you're my boss and I come to you and say, Glenn, look, I really, need a, I really need a 20K pay rise. I'm actually doing a reno to my house. I'm putting a pool in. That's cute. Don't care. <laughs> exactly. Don't make it about your personal situation. If that is a thing for you, buy the Glenn James spending plan, sort your budgeting out manage your money better. What I want you to do is make it about how you've driven value for the business. It has to be about the business. That's your focus. In fact, remember years ago when you first did the Glenn James spending plan and you're like, oh, I've got all this money. I'm like, seriously, most people that don't have a money system in place, the best way to get a pay rise is to do a decent spending plan. Wait, that spending plan changed my life. I need to get back to it actually now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah, that's all good. One thing I want to talk about, and we are going to a break, but whatever, this is good. You touched on it with this entitlement thing. I was talking to someone last year and I actually also touched on it in the book. With your, and this is Glenn, the employer, on behalf of all the employers in Australia and the world, this is Glenn talking to all the employees on the planet, right? It's a big moment here. Gather around, children. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm buckling up for this. Strapping kids. <laughs> It's so, so important that you don't put your own emotional expectations on your boss. It's so, so important that you don't try and outsource your responsibilities to being a functioning human to your boss. Let me give you some examples. 
Are you staying up to 2am watching Netflix or playing games and rocking up tired to work and yawning all day? Are you eating healthy? Are you being the best version of you to bring to the workplace, to bring to your employer? And I will say for the sake of my team, I am not talking about anyone in my team. I'm just talking high level. And luckily no one like this listens to My Millennial Money, right? But you've got to be the best version of you so you can be the best version of you. Because at the end of the day, if you're a slob who doesn't have their life in order, I'm being very direct here, five or 10 grand ain't changing anything. If you don't have your budget on track, if you're not sleeping well, if you're not exercising, if you're not taking care of your mental health, your employee will never, ever be able to solve those problems. Yeah, totally. And you're not going to perform at your best and you're not going to be positioned to get a pay rise if that's where you're at. Absolutely. So luckily I could offend everyone 37 minutes in because... uh, Yeah, they can switch off now. They can switch off now. Uh, No, do it after the break. We'll be back right after this. If you're after personal financial advice, don't get it from a podcast. If you would like help based on your own personal situation, head over to sortyourmoneyout.com. Click get help and we'd be happy to introduce you to one of our trusted advisors. Our panel of advisors, mortgage brokers and accountants work with clients all over Australia so they can connect with you wherever you are. That's sortyourmoneyout.com and click get help. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Okay, we're back. Now, this year we are talking about the new book, Sort Your Career Out and Make More Money. You. And I actually read it from the hard copy that I got in my hand. Oh, it's amazing to see it in real life. It's so good. You did such a good job. Oh, so did you. We did. We did. (laughs) I'm going to read the blurb on the back. It's time to sort your career out. I don't think I've actually read this before. They sent it to me. I'm like, yeah, whatever. (laughs) You're the publishers. You're the good people with England and grammar and words. (laughs) It's so funny. Everyone's career goals are different. Maybe you want more flexibility to land a big promotion or simply earn more money. Whatever you're considering, this book will help you build a killer career strategy and show you how to take the first steps. Insert your career out. You'll get a practical... Good luck at reading the audio book. Kill me. (laughs) I was also waiting for the helicopter above, but they probably can't hear it. Insert your career out. You'll get practical advice to help you change jobs, secure a promotion, land a pay rise, and build your dream career. Along the way, you'll read diverse case studies, always helpful, sometimes horrifying, and often hilarious from HR experts and real employees, as well as tips and guidance from two of today's top money and career gurus. That's us. Oh, did they write that? 
What's you and me? Fooled them. <laughs> Tricked them. Packed full of hands-on activities, experts, insights, and practical advice. This book will help you discover what really matters to you. Build confidence, skills, and a can-do mindset. Set career goals that you can achieve. Make a career change or start a side hustle. There's not heaps about side hustles in there, but we'll keep it. <laughs> and also make more money. Your future belongs to you. Sort your career out now and spend your days doing what you want, how you want, for the pay you deserve. <laughs> That's good. That's a banger. We did the D line. word. Oh, did we? Yeah. Well, they did it. <laughs> they did it. No, but like, that's true. As an employee, if you're getting screwed, you deserve more money. Yeah. But it's it, just the language and the shakedown vibes. It can be in your mind. You yeah. don't want to say it out loud. Sure. So channel that value. What What am I worth? Not what do I deserve? Yeah. That's, I think that's quite good. That's a distinction. Anyway, the book is awesome. I'm so proud of it. So this book, it is the prequel to the Sort Your Money Out and Get Invested book. Can you explain prequel for people like me that don't know what it means? Well, when you watch a movie or a franchise like Lord of the Rings, the sequel is the next one in sequence. Oh, so the prequel is before. Yeah. So so the new Game of Thrones, House of Dragons, is a prequel. That makes sense. So you're saying this is the before you get to sort your money out. You have yeah. to sort your career out. Yeah, because the best investment that you will make is in your career and your ability to print money. So the premise of sort your money out, it was the sound financial house, how you have the foundations of the house and your super and your goals as the walls and the investing as the roof of the house. Well, we decided that your career is like a career car. You leave the house, drive out to your career, get the money and bring it back. So I'll rattle off um, the three sections, planning your road trip, discover your values, develop your mindset, build your strengths and skills, get ready for some risk, hitting the road, making job opportunities, defining your success, your resume, interviews and networking, making more money. And then at the end of the road, we're talking about burning out and losing interest and leaving your job for the next big thing. So this book, honestly, guys, it's a better book than sort your money out and get invested because Shell was involved And it really is, I can honestly, hand on heart, you will get so much value out of this book. And if you buy it, and look, don't tell the publisher, but we don't actually get that much from this. So it's not as if we're selling this so we can retire. We want this in the hands of so many people because it will benefit your job and your career. I really think if you have your career sorted, Glenn, it can change your whole life. Yeah. Like your career impacts the largest proportion of your life in terms of how much time we spend at work over the course of our lives. Yeah. So if we get it sorted, I j- and this book is just so helpful. It covers so many deep aspects of how you can fix your career game. Yeah. And particularly like I just want to stress so much like when people say, oh, I'm employed by the government and, you know, I can't get a pay rise, it is a career discussion. It is a what do you want to do for the rest of your life discussion. It is, I was talking to someone just last week, uh, they're a nurse, and this is just fascinating. She w- She said she makes more money by doing like 0.8. So in the uh, medical world, they use like 0.5 and 0.8s and all this stuff. Full-time equivalent, yeah. Yeah, all that stuff. So she says, I make more money by being 0.8 at a hospital there, and then I do the extra day of fortnight or extra couple of days, or whatever it is, a fortnight as a casual in another hospital. And instead of earning like a hundred grand a year for the full-time equivalent, I earning like over 120. 
Yeah, wow. So just thinking that little bit strategic and different and that's a nurse and that is an employee and that is award-based, but she has gone, I'm doing point eight as a full-time employee here and then I'll do casual at different hospital. It's awesome. How And think of the variety that they would give you as well. Yeah, totally. And this is, goes back to, doesn't have to be all or nothing. So thank you for uh, buying the book, Sort Your Career Out and Make More Money. We talk a lot about pay in there. So it's going to be awesome following on from, the, from this conversation today. And I threw so much in there about mindset. There's two full chapters about getting your mindset correct. And even in the second chapter of the mindset stuff, I think I did almost 4,000 words on all of my negotiation tips. The negotiation stuff was so good. I've learned so much from you in that, like mm. so much. It's been super helpful. All right. So let's look at some real life case studies. We're going to keep this anonymous uh, just in case. So the first one here, and I know a little bit about the backstory because I have talked to this person offline because I'm like, oh, I need you to know. Uh, this person, she's 23. I travel to Sydney every day from Lake Macquarie and I love my job so much, but it's so expensive. So just put that into perspective, it could be up to a two hour commute each way. Massive. And yeah, I've only been with the company since early September, but I'm plotting a pay rise discussion in my quarterly review come March. So it's good. She's thinking about it. Have got six projects of her own, three with uh, big successes already. I don't want to jump the gun, but I'm not saying very much at the moment. So, look, what does this person do? Yeah. And their salary is 70K plus super at the moment. Okay, great. So, a couple of things. Number one, I'd absolutely be asking to work at least two days from home. Just Pay straight rise. up. <laughs> Pay rise right there because you're not yeah. travelling. Yeah. You're saving all that time, all that energy, all that petrol. Number and it doesn't cost the company anything either. It doesn't cost the company anything. So, that's my first step. I don't think it's jumping the gun if she's been there since September and their re quarterly review is in March. So that's six months. I'd actually do this. I think this could tie in nicely with their probationary review. So an end of probationary review may have a pay rise conversation as part of it. I would go in and assume that and actually say, if I was this person, hey, I'd love to talk to you about my performance and, and see if you'd consider a pay rise based on me finishing the first six months successfully. Here's the big projects that I've had success in. Again, we're talking about the value and would you be open to a 5k or whatever that percentage is that's about seven percent six percent pay increase and actually pitch that in your quarterly review I think go for it because if you can demonstrate the value and it ties in with that six months review that that to me feels like a really easy way to go about it okay a couple of things here um I know of the company I know it is smallish business vibes this is 100% what I'd be doing. Again, don't just like pick up the leadership book, read all these theoretical strategies and go and apply them to a room that's like, oh, this isn't an American uh, motivational seminar, like chill out. Like, So what I'm about to say, grains of salt, but given that I know as a, someone who's out of their 20s now, given I know that this person probably is a great asset to the business loves what they do and he's a great team member, I would be going into the review with a, hey, six-month review, I would really love to stay with you for the long term and say, 
I'm starting my career. I think I can flourish in the career. Thank you for giving me all the opportunities that you have today for me to really be able to give you my 120%, would you consider six days a fortnight from home? So we've we've got more than what you said, Shell, because we can always fall back on that as a negotiation strategy. And I'm saying fortnight, so they could choose. So if there are meetings in office, we've got six days at home a fortnight. So there's four days a fortnight that I can be in the office straight up. Totally. I love that. That's awesome. And then I would kindly ask you, uh, because I've met all these and I've got these opportunities, I've got some great ideas. Would you entertain up to an $8,000 pay increase, including superannuation and settle on five? Yeah. The way that you framed that up of I'm, mm. I'm loving it here. I can see myself here long term. I know I've kicked, kicked some big goals. For me to really thrive here, I'd love to talk to you about what I think that could look like. And yeah. then you spell out the work from home days plus the pay increase. I think, it's e- I think it's an easy yes from me. Because good employers will always look after good people. Totally. You would hope. And that's what, like, that's what I want to do as an employer. So it just speaks to me because it's not this knock, knock, review time, hand out, give me more money. No, no, no. I love working here. I've delivered. I want to be here for the long term. But for this to happen without my wheels falling off, can we look at four days a fortnight that I'm at, I'm in the office, six days a fortnight that I'm at home? And we can plan that out over the month if you'd like. We can make it so if there's any meetings in the office in Sydney, we can stack that up, whatever. I'm actually flexible and it might end up landing all right, just do two days a week, Monday and Friday at home. Like, and that's and that's kind of, you know, this negotiation stuff that I talk about in the book. Like, have your, these are my hard things, but go out a little bit more aggressive. It's a skill, but that's what I want you to practice, everyone. Love it. Because in a negotiation, if both parties don't get what they want, it's probably a good negotiation. Mm. You need to read more on that in the book mm. to get that context. All right, let's do another case study. Or do we go? Actually, what we're going to do, Shell, we'll leave it there for this episode and we'll put a part two up just to give people the break uh, and we'll just come back and just do case studies only. So thanks so much and thanks for listening. Look out for the next episode, uh, How to Get a Pay Rise, part two, case studies only. We'll see you then. See ya. We acknowledge the Awabakal people, traditional custodians of the land on which our studio sits, and pay respects to their elders, past, present, and emerging. We extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who may listen to our podcast. My Millennial Money supports a variety of charities, and we encourage you to consider giving as part of your overall financial strategy. If you would like some giving options, or if you're unsure about which charity you can support, head to mymillennial.money forward slash charities for more info. This podcast is for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general financial advice only, which does not take into account your objectives, financial situation, or needs. Because of that, you should consider if the advice is appropriate to you and your needs before acting on the information. If you do choose to buy a financial product, read the product disclosure statement, target market determination, and obtain appropriate financial advice tailored to your needs. Simo Interactive Proprietary Limited, the publisher of the podcast, and Glenn James are authorized representatives of Money Sherpa Proprietary Limited, which holds financial services license 451289. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. 
Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.